Hello, Little Giants Nation. Welcome to your home of Little Giants Athletics. This episode starts now. Let's talk some swimming. Welcome back to Little Giants Radio. Today is our first episode for swimming with Waynesboro Athletics, and I am here with head coach Tom Woodworth. Tom, it's very nice to have you sit down with us. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, I have to be totally honest. I don't know anything about swimming. And... But I did start to see a bunch of noise as of today for us recording. Your season is now officially over. I have several friends who had kids that were on the swim team that were seniors. And I think that's why I started hearing about the season at all, mm-hmm. which is a terrible, right? At the end of the day, it's one of those things where it's like, we only know what we see. And sadly, now it's like whatever we see on social media. And so just because luckily I'm friends with families who just have to bear their soul of how great their child has done and whatever they're doing. And we all do it right. Like all my kids. Awesome. Like your wife does an amazing job of keeping us all updated on your youngest son and his things that he's up to. But I got to see a bunch of stuff about swimming and I got to see that you guys um, as a team or as certain swimmers. And this is again, where my ignorance is coming in, which I'm glad we get to sit down, but is that you guys went to state. That's right. We had two swimmers that qualified for state. Jack Street and Gabble Kaster, and they did a tremendous job. You have to qualify through to get the states either by having a qualifying time or finishing at a certain level at the regional level. And both of them finished in the top six at regionals, excuse me, top five at regionals, which allowed them to qualify to move on to the state championships. Um, and so that was it's quite an accomplishment because we actually – are in one of the toughest regions in the state at any class. So we're even though even though we're in class three, uh, our st- our le- our region uh, region C three C is one of the toughest in the state, no matter what the class is. We actually have, although we didn't swim most of this year, uh, one of the fastest swimmers in the world. What? Yep, seventeen uh, year old uh, lives over in Crozet, uh, holds. Several national records broke Michael Phelps' records, um, and lives in Crozet and goes to Western Iowa. Now he did not qualify. He did not swim this year because he had actually swim contracts, <laughs> which disqualified him this year. Holy and just our rules. Um, but he, I think he finished third or fourth at World Championships last year, uh, gearing towards Olympic trials coming up here in July, uh, and then hopefully going to the Olympics um, in a few months. But he lives in Crozet, and he's got some teammates that aren't quite as talented as he is, but pretty daggone close. So there's some Division One athletes, uh, college Division One athletes that swim at Western Albemarle, and uh, and on the girls' side, there's some young um, athletes that will likely swim Division One um, over in Charlottesville as well. So, and we all know how it is. Um, and I want to get into a little bit of your backstory in case folks don't know who you are. But definitely for me, it is, I was fortunate enough when I was in high school where there were five of us that all went D1. Mm-hmm. The ability to have D1 athletes that you get to practice with, lift with, yeah. for us, right? It's all these things. Every day, it is like, the, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So I could only imagine having an Olympian on your team, yeah. essentially. Um, what Like you said, it's while he may be the best, his teammates are all going to be risen and that's your competition and selling the sport. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He, 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 
uh, his name is Thomas Heilman, and unfortunately, he did not get to swim against us. But he was at the meet, and the kids all know who he is. Of course. If you're familiar with swimming at this, at this level, you know who he is. He's a junior in high school, Western Admiral. Most of the kids have swum against him at one point or another as in, uh, while they are growing up. Uh, so he's a great ambassador to the sport just by having his, his presence there. Uh, it makes the sport more popular to say, hey, there's an Olympian. And I'm guessing VHSL will recognize that and maybe give them an opportunity to swim next year. I don't know. Yeah, I get a little <laughs> bit more lenient with those right. contracts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the rules. man, with the, this day and age, with the, all the contracts and NIL that we see over on other sports, right. it definitely, it's uh, the world is a change it. That's right. So some of these uh, governing bodies are slow That's right. to adapt. But like you said, it's, listen, it's the most popular swimmer we have in the area. You, you, you say- they, VHSL could potentially have a world record set at their high school meet next year if they allow them to swim. And if it's not a world record, it'd be pretty daggone close. And it could be sponsored by Pepsi. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about this because, again, it's you are going to be probably what resident expert in the area when it comes to swimming just because of your background. Yeah. So you're tell me a little bit about your swimming background so the listeners can fully appreciate it. Yeah, I grew up here in Waynesboro and we're very fortunate in Waynesboro to have a wonderful club team that's been around for a long time with Smack Swimming. Um, and we've had several athletes that have swum with Smack that have been D1 athletes. I, in fact, I swam as a as a high schooler in a, a, what they call age group, is what they call them. Um, I swam with four or five D1 athletes while I was here. Um, a few years ahead of me, there was a gentleman who finished fourth at Olympic trials. His name was Steve Farmer, still lives in the area. Uh, Jenny Griffith or Jenny Harris, um, she was a Waynesboro High School graduate. Uh, she qualified for Olympic trials and swam at Olympic trials, and I think she was top 16 in Olympic trials in 1992, I believe. 92 or 88, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe 88. Um, so there were some tremendous athletes that have come through this program uh, and continue to. Uh, we've been very fortunate. So I did, I swam through high school, swam age groups, and then went to college and swam at UVA um, and had a wonderful time there. Swam all four years and ended up being a graduate assistant there and is also a volunteer assistant my, uh, after that. So got some coaching background, some swimming background. Um, I swam, like I said, all through college. Was an All-American, uh, swam on a relay at NCAAs and had a blast. So uh, very, very blessed to have that opportunity to be able to pass along some of that to kids, my own kids, and then some of the kids locally as well. So while coaching is not new to you, this was your first year as head coach mm-hmm. for Waynesboro High School swimming. That's right. But you were telling me off air that we're only one of two schools that actually has a swimming team in the area. In the, in the county, there's only one of two schools, or Waynesboro's only one of two, so it's Waynesboro and Wilson. Uh, I think there's some potential for another local school uh, to get a swim program hopefully next year. Uh, start out as a club team. They have to do a club for a year or two, and then they can be a varsity team. Uh, so that just takes a lot of organization. Wilson's only been doing it since 2019, I believe. Uh, what do you think is the biggest limiting factor right now for, I mean, these schools are old. Yeah, the facilities is the biggest issue. Yeah. You know, we swim at the Y. The Y is an older pool. Um, we're we're grateful for the opportunity to swim there. 
that's not the nicest facility in the world. Especially when you go over to Charlottesville, you look at the sure. Piedmont Family Y over in Charlottesville. Um, I was talking to a gentleman at the state uh, championship meet down in the Williamsburg area. They actually have five high schools that share a pool time uh, starting at 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful that the Y gives us nighttime, uh, nighttime slot. Otherwise, I'm not sure I'd have athletes that would swim uh, because early mornings are rough on me, me included. Uh, so, um, but yeah, the challenge are facilities. So Wilson practices over at the rehab center, rehabilitation center, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, they've got a small shortening pool there that they can practice in. And we've got the YMCA. We share time with lap swimmers or with smack. So, um, but you know, the, it, it's not a real expensive st- sport to get involved with at the high school level. Um, you know, you buy bathing suits and they can be expensive. I was going to say ignorantly is it's goggles and a speedo. Yeah. That's right. If, if you're, if you're trying to go into the, to the higher levels, the bathing suits can get a little bit pricey. I mean, you could talk, you're talking a couple hundred dollars for a really nice race suit. Um, and maybe 30 bucks for a pair of goggles. I'll, I'll give you a cap if you want to swim. <laughs> the high school, I should say, I'll give you a cap if you want to swim. And they do provide, the high school does provide, their, as a uniform cost, they do buy the kids a bathing suit um, to practice, really to, to have tool meets in, the lower level meets, regular meets. When you get to regionals, when you get to states, they're buying, they call tech suits, they're buying tech suits and wearing those to try to shave off every tenth or hundredth of a second they can. Yeah, so when you really look at the, just the cost alone for most other sports, yeah. you're just not getting in for 130 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, I mean, there are baseball bats right. that are not high quality right. that are over $130. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's so. not it's not a real expensive sport. Now, if you do it for a long time, <laughs> and if you do it at the club level, it gets expensive because you're traveling to meets. Right. Uh, the, the high school, they're just dual meets, and then regions a day meet that we took a a man over to. And then, uh, fortunately when we went to States, we did stay overnight in a hotel because we had such an early morning, uh, for the first session. Uh, so that cost a little bit of money, but that's really it. And fortunately for the parents, the school was very supportive of us when we did do that this year. And where did you guys go to States? Richmond, the Cleveland school in Richmond, uh, swim RVA was the host there. Um, and I think they host several different classes there and um, it's a great pool. In fact, the pool itself uh, was the 2008 Olympic trials pool. Now it wasn't held in Richmond, but the pool that they used was uh, above ground pool that they built in in Omaha, uh, and they would hold them in in Omaha, Nebraska for several years. And they would t- after the pool meet was over, they would disassemble the pool and donate it to club organizations that are trying to build youth programs. So that was the first one that they did, and they donated that to Swim RPA, which is an organization out of Richmond promoting uh, swimming uh, lessons and making sure kids knew how to swim, uh, but also club teams and those kinds of things. So they rebuilt that pool in Richmond and made it a permanent pool down there. So it's it's below ground now. <laughs> but at Olympic trials, it was above ground. It's kind of cool. This is, one of the cra- that way. this is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, like, it's like, well, you know, for the combine, for the NFL— we built a field yeah. and then we broke that field down and we donate. Like it's, that's awesome. Like, well, that's such a cool idea because like you said, facilities are the number one problem. Right. And so you have these big organizations that are going to do this. And it's like, 
we got a pool. It's funny you say that because this year's Olympic trials are going to be held in Lucas Oil Stadium where they do the combine. And and it is going to be an above ground pool, so they have a stadium feel to it. Um, it's you know, it's I think it's eight feet deep or something like that. Uh, but it's all one level, and they build it above ground and tear it down when they're done. So if anybody needs a pool, <laughs> there's going to be an eight foot pool that's right. soon to become on the market. That's right. <laughs> For all the other local high schools that are trying to get a program together, that is that's awesome. Like I really love that idea, and again. Um, you used a phrase earlier, like the, an ambassador for the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, there's only other, like other sports that I can think of that have shared this type is like the sport of bodybuilding, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger was a major ambassador for the sport because at that time, nobody had ever heard of it. Right. It was so unknown and kind of just, it just wasn't enough in the public eye. And, um, even when you were swimming, you said that the records that you hold for swimming when you were an athlete and then ultimately get to get a scholarship and go play and swim. I said, I said that like, you did it right. All right, good. Thank you. <laughs> to be able to go swim. Um, it wasn't the records you hold are not Waynesboro high school records. Correct. So there, there was still a club at that point. Mm -hmm. yep. So share a little bit about that. Cause I, I think this is unique enough of, like you said, okay, well, if somebody needs to be a club for a number of years before they can become, you know, part of the high school, was that at that time, or there wasn't even discussions yet of like an actual high school sanctioned VHSL sport? Well, VHSLs had swimming for quite a long time. It just wasn't here locally. Now, when I was in high school, which was a few years ago, sure. we had a club team, a high school club team. The local club, SMAC, is what they would call an age group team. And it's associated with, with Virginia swimming. Uh, this, and they have a local, uh, or the state of Virginia has a fairly organized club level uh, programs. And most people who are successful at the high school level swim at a club level year round. And when I say year round, it's year round. Right. They maybe get a couple, three weeks off in August after, right? When school's starting, um, after the, the, they call it long course seasons ended, they'll get a few weeks off. Other than that, they're swimming all year long. Um, and so when I was swimming in high school, we actually had a small high school club, uh, Storstraft High School, Storstraft, but Waynesboro participated in it, Lehigh participated in it. I'm not sure if I had, we had Wilson kids in it. But we were all club sw year-round swimmers anyway. Sure. So our coach at the time, Brett Figgett, who was also a teacher at Cape Collins for many years, he was a SMAC coach for many years as well. Mr. Figgett? Yep. Mr. The science teacher. Yep. He, My son had Mr. Figgett. Yep. And he was he, he was a SMAC coach for probably 20 years. Um, and so he, he organized these high school's clubs to try to give them an opportunity to, to experience uh, high school swimming, which again is driven more towards scoring points for your team as opposed to club swimming, which is more about your own personal times and your own accomplishments to hopefully qualify for higher meets, maybe even go to college or do whatever you want with it. Um, high school is all about scoring points for your team. And so he wanted to give us that experience back in the early 90s. Um, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> and so... Um, he did it for a few years. I don't know how much longer after I graduated from high school he did it. 
But then as far as I can remember, it faded away. And then in the, probably the early 2000s, I think, somebody um, got the ball rolling as far as trying to get a high school sport, uh, varsity sport for Waynesboro. I don't remember who, I don't know who that would have been. I do know that Mr. Figgett coached the high school team for a few years. Okay. Um, so because of his experience. And so, uh, and then it's just been passed around different um, peers different people with experience in the swimming world have coached over the years and done a good job with it. And so uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to do it it myself. And now you helped with the varsity team back in 2020 Mm -hmm. as an assistant, Mm -hmm. but you only did it for a year. Only did it for a year. And then you stepped away and then back you've come right this past season. Right. And um, it looked like, I'm going to tell you, on paper, it looks amazing. Your first year going to state, like you do realize you're stuck <laughs> doing this for a couple more years at least. All right. Well, I got good kids. <laughs> it's all about the kids. Yeah. Um, and we do have, did have several kids that swam year round uh, or on the club team here. They swam year round. So they've got good experience. They're thin. We're thin right now. We we we'll need just get in more. more. We um, need we need more, um, uh, and that all that's all depend upon really summer leagues, local summer league teams, and and SMAC and how they can if, how many local kids they have swimming. Because SMAC is it's Stanton, it's Waynesboro. Uh, we had some kids from Crozet. We've got some kids that swim on SMAC that are from Nelson County. Um, at the Y. At the Y. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was such a combination of athletes. Yep. yep. Um, and then there's, uh, and then as far as schools are concerned, you got kids who are homeschooled. You got kids who go to private schools, uh, and of course, then you got all the local schools. Stuart Strathford doesn't have a team, right? Um, Lee High or Stanton High School doesn't have a team. Nelson County High School doesn't have a team. Um, Wilson does have a team, and that's you know all those kids swim on some Mac year round, so. I'm not. I couldn't. I can't pull all of them into the Waynesboro High School team. Uh, there might be some VHSL rules that like prevent me from recruiting them. Um, this is true, <laughs> but you know, it's it it's introducing kids to competitive swimming when they're young. And when I was growing up, we had a wonderful summer league program, uh, and the summer league team is a really fun way of competing. It's usually about six to eight weeks long. Uh, you get outdoor swimming. Kids get to experience low-pressure um, events. You get high school kids that are typically helping coach uh, with a main coach who's got more experience. But if you can, it's like any other sport, whether it's Little League Baseball or um, wrestling clubs or Little League Football. If you can develop those programs for the kids when they're young, yeah. It makes that high school level a whole lot more easier to find athletes, especially in these sports that aren't as popular, like like a swimming or tennis uh, or even wrestling that don't have quite the popularity that football and basketball do or even baseball in this area. Sure. Uh, and soccer, really. And soccer's done a great job of developing youth programs in this area. Yeah, I mean, almost like it would be a poster child right. for how you develop it. You said you had good kids and you attributed it back to obviously getting to state, right, would be 
you've got kids that are that are doing all these things that you talked about. But um, when we were preparing for the episode, you did share that. Uh, now, how many? So before I give this number, how many total people do you have? How many total athletes do you have I, on the Swift? I had seventeen athletes this year. Seventeen total. Seventeen total athletes. Yeah. Okay. And I coach. It's even though they're scored differently. It's it's men and women or girls and boys teams. Uh, they score them separately, so it's not a combined team, right? Um, like any other sport would be. But I had 17 total athletes, uh, nine of which this was their first year of competing, of doing any kind of competitive swimming. Some of them had had lessons before, but not really any stroke technique work. So it was a challenge. And I and then you have state qualifying source. So I had a wide variety of athletes there. And I will tell you, the, the great thing about the kids that I had this year is even my better more experienced athletes were very encouraging of those who have tried it out for the first time. Um, my eighth graders who have never been on a team before, on right swim team before. My uh, upperclassmen were very supportive, encouraging, um, and helpful. And helpful to me as a coach, because I was the only coach who didn't have any assistance. So as a coach, I could give some sets to my more experienced kids right, and trust that they would do it and put forth the effort to improve then I could go over to my lesser experienced kids, spend some time with them on really learning technique. Uh, so I saw drastic improvements uh, on my kids who were who had never swum before. Obviously, it's easier to improve when you're at that level, right? But as the season went along, I, I, I'm hoping that I was able to provide my more experienced kids, um, athletes, some some tricks, some some things to help them swim better as well. Um, yeah, like you said, it kinda, once you get to a certain level, there are, because I know in my experience, it's it's almost now almost like a mindset shift, a nuance, just a little thing. Right. Because once they're good enough, you're good enough, but you don't know the things that you know right. until, honestly, for you, it's, I've been here before, and this is what I learned, so now I can give you a couple of these tricks or a couple of these little nuances that I learned that now immediately can make them better if they can work at that opposed to this is how a butterfly stroke works. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, and I, I admit it. I am much more of a technician than I am a teacher. Uh, I can, I can pick up little nuances in kids strokes or kicks or whatever it is to help them improve upon that, that I am at actually teaching at a base level how to swim butterfly or how to swim restroom at a beginner level. Sure. Um, I'm not very good at that. But fortunately, I had some kids that really had some natural, that, that some of these uh, swimmers who never swum before, they actually had some natural tendencies to be able to swim breaststroke or be able to swim freestyle, which is what most people swim anyway. Right. Or even backstroke. Butterfly is one of the hardest ones to try to learn. Um, but I had some kids that were fairly natural for not having had instruction before other than beginning swim lessons. Um, but as I said, my older athletes were very uh, kind and gracious to let me work with those older kids, or excuse me, the, some of the newer kids. Um, and we had conversations about it as a team. Uh, I met with some of the more experienced swimmers one-on-one and said, this is the way it's going to, this is the way we're going to approach this year. 
yeah, I want you to be successful. I'll give you opportunities to be successful, but I also have these uh, ex- less experienced athletes that I also need to work with because I want to look at the long-term future of the program as well because most of those inexperienced athletes were eighth graders and ninth graders. I think it's really encouraging kind of what you are, um, what you're talking about, this this runway of opportunity that exists for those, for kids that want to be able to get involved. I know the most... Um, the most intimidating factor for, say, your more popular sports is that it's, if my kid wants to play basketball, very soon, like by the time they're hitting sixth grade, mm. it's like, there's no way right. they're going to be able to play. And they may like basketball and they may want to play basketball, but it's like, it's, they're, they're not, like it's, if they haven't been doing AAU, if they haven't been doing club, if they haven't been playing in all the different leagues, it's like, no, I want to like try something. It's almost like that's gone now Mm -hmm. where certainly like for me playing football, the first time I ever got to play organized football was in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't get to play the little leagues that they had, had weight requirements. And I had shattered all those by the time I was a fourth grader, like it just wasn't going to happen. So I didn't get to play. And if I'm a parent or if I'm a kid, wanting like i haven't found my niche i haven't found what i want to do the idea that swimming at the high school level could be an actual option where it's like well i know how to swim it's like but this actually could be genuinely a sport that i could almost start right as an eighth grader or a ninth grader where you know i don't know if that's going to happen you know hey could come out for football because we don't cut anyone and if you're willing to be abused it's the sport for you, but for other sports where a lot of times the numbers are too small, like you just don't have a chance to be able to play and they're going to have cuts. And it's one of those things where, um, I think it probably, it would be a nice problem for you guys to have if you had to do cuts eventually. Yeah. I would, I shouldn't say I would enjoy that, but <laughs> right. it would be, it would be, um, it would be a nice, nice thing to have, but yeah, I, I, I didn't anticipate having so many kids that have to make any cuts. Um, and I don't even know what that number would be. If I had to have 20 kids, I probably would need a little bit of help on the coaching side of things. Right. Um, but if I've got the space in the pool, we're going to let everybody swim. There's nothing I admire more than a eighth or ninth grader, boy or girl, that's willing to put themselves out there um, from a swimming perspective because – they do know that there are kids that are really good in this area. They do know that there's some kids out there that have been swimming basically all their lives, but they're willing, these inexperienced swimmers, are willing to walk out on deck on a, in a bathing suit and basically say, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And they put themselves out there. They're vulnerable to uh, their teammates. They're vulnerable to me as a coach. Uh, but they also had the trust in their teammates and their coach to help them get past that. And I I admire that of these kids because uh, I don't know that I would have done it in high school because I grew up from about six years or seven years old. I started swimming when I was seven, so sure. it, what, I didn't know any different. Um, but for some of these kids who have never done it before, to be able to step out like that and say, yeah, I'll give this a shot. And I was very grateful for that. And hopefully we can have more of them. Hopefully they tell their friends that are – that either didn't swim this year or moving up from seventh to eighth grade next year and can join us as an eighth grader next year. 
hopefully, I know I got a couple that said they would. So hopefully, uh, we'll continue to have that kind of atmosphere, that kind of attitude of, hey, let's give this a shot. Um, because, you know, swimming is one of those sports you could do for the rest of your life. They, they call those lifetime sports, tennis, golf, swimming. As long as you got a place to do it running, you can you can do it for the rest of your life. It's not a high impact. It's not going to, I mean, if you do it too much, it could be rough on your shoulders. But most people aren't going to be at that level. So it's something they can do for the rest of their lives. And they can always say, I swam in high school. <laughs> Absolutely. And so um, I, I'm hoping we can continue to get more athletes in there. You've talked about summer leagues. You've talked about developing um, youth leagues in the area. As we think about the future and what you would like to see um, Waynesboro High School swimming to look like, what you would like to um, see maybe in the area, kind of future casting, looking into the future, what would you, assuming you're the head coach as we continue to go in the next couple of years, what would you like to see the program kind of become? What are the things that you're looking to want to be able to do? And whether it's fortifying staff or whatever it might be, kind of what does Waynesboro High School swimming look like to you over the next couple of years? Yeah, definitely need to get more athletes. Um, and one of the biggest components of uh, a swim meet, it's all, all about scoring, as I said earlier, uh, relays. Relays score double points uh, from individual events. And so if you can get a relay in and score some extra points just by either just keeping it legal <laughs> That's a big that's a big bonus. And we were so thin on numbers, I could have a couple of relays here and there, but there's there's restrictions on how many events kids can do. No. Uh, you can only swim two individual events in a meet and two relays. Uh or one individual event and three relays. Max you can swim is four events. Um, so it kind of depends on on what kind of athlete you have. It becomes very strategic uh if you have a bunch of athletes to try to place the swimmers in the right events. Uh, to score the most points for your team. So if you have if you have a bunch of good freestylers and you only have uh, and one of those really good freestylers is also a good breaststroker, well you might sacrifice that swimmer in a freestyle event, put them over in a breaststroke event so you can score some points on that time because there's not going to be as many um, breaststrokers or butterflies. So we plenty of backstrokers and freestylers because it's something everybody can do pretty much. Uh, so my hope is I can start to have find those athletes that can be a little bit more diverse so we can cover the docket as far as the meet is concerned score more points um and you know make that sustainable for a longer period of time that starts at the club level the season's so short in high school and swimming is such requires so much conditioning um it's hard to get it into the high school season it mm. has to be off-season training to get to that point. And, and some of my athletes who have swum in the past, who are not necessarily on the club teams now, the, the smack team now, um, but grew up on the smack team, they realized that going through the season that they didn't quite have the conditioning that they had three or four years ago when they were really kind of good age group swimmers. Um, when you're swimming, you know, most of those age group kids, they're doing about four to 5,000 yards, maybe probably more than that, six to 7,000 yards a, a day. Um, in, in the high school level, if I, if I got my athletes up to 3,000 yards, that was a long day for them. Uh, so the conditioning is, is a lot different 
Um, it requires a lot more off-season conditioning because the short season that we have, at least at least in my eyes, in experience based with the experience with the club scenes, as I said earlier, it goes all year long. So you're training all year long. Your conditioning stays up. Yeah, high school is a four month period. Uh, you got you got to get it in before then, so you're ready to swim those meets. Uh, Sixteen weeks is not a lot of time to now become conditioned. That's right, and then be able to race. That's right. Yeah. So most of your most of the kids that swim at states. Uh, I'd say probably 95% of those kids that swim on pet states, uh, for all the teams swim year round. Yeah. Um, and so they've got that conditioning because when you get to the state level, you basically swim your events twice. You swim in the preliminary sessions uh, and you swim again when the finals or consolation sessions. So you're swimming twice in one day. Mm. And so got to have some conditioning for that as well. Well, I like that. Um, is there a way to be able to condition for swimming that doesn't involve swimming? Yes and no. Um, yeah. We did do some dry lands this year during the season. We call dry land exercise, obviously, it's the name you're not in the water. Right. Um, it's some, but that was more some core strength uh, conditioning, those kinds of things. It's not, not necessarily aerobic type conditioning, which you really need to do aerobic type conditioning for swimming. Um, but we were doing more core strength. The high school swimming is it's sprint oriented, so there's not a lot of long races. Um, when you when you think about swimming, most people these days think about Katie Ledecky. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Katie Ledecky. She's a uh, world world record holder for the United States. Uh, tremendous swimmer. She's probably the best in the world, uh, and has been for uh, probably going on oh, certainly over a decade now. But she's a distance swimmer. She's swimming a mile uh, at race. Uh, she's swimming the 500 or 400 meter. The 400 meter is her shortest race. Um, but she'll swim the 400, the 800, the 1,000, the mile. Those are all long distance races. And in high school, the longest race is 200 yards. Um, and there's only two opportunities to swim 200 yards, and that's a 200 IM and the, and the 200 freestyle. Everything else is a sprint event, a hunter freestyle or hunter pressure, hunter backstroke, hunter butterfly or 50 freestyle. So it's all geared towards sprint events, which I like. I was a sprinter. Um, and so I, I like that aspect of it. It doesn't take quite as much conditioning. Sure. But the successful sprinters don't breathe a whole lot when they're swimming. Right. And so uh, that's what I mean. If you take a breath, they usually kind of accounted for about a tenth of a second for every breath that you take. Uh, so if you can knock that down, well, the way to get that knocked down is to have some aerobic conditioning. Right. Um, and so you, you got to get those in through the, before the season starts, really. And my bad for not getting that done ahead of time. I, I pretty much signed up or got signed up a few weeks before the season started. So, Well, let's raise awareness. So mm -hmm. what is the season? We know it's about 16 weeks long. So when do you start? Starts around November 1st. I think this year was November 3rd, I think was the first day we were allowed to have official practices. Uh, and we finished up last weekend, so about the middle of March. Excuse me, middle of February. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's a pretty short season. So that conditioning really needs to be done um, in the early fall. You really, we should be getting some pool time in, swimming some laps, just trying to get your lungs um, prepared. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and doing those kinds of things in the in the early fall. So if you're talking about early September time frame, start really getting into some laps to be prepared for high school team. So it's a, it's a winter sport. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that's listening, right? For everybody yep. that listens to Little Giants Radio, if you don't have a winter sport, right? Or if you're a parent and you're thinking about, hey, what, what can my what can my kid be doing? I can't be having them just do one sport. They can't be home. Mm-hmm. Get into trouble if they're home. I need them to be away. There's an opportunity. Yeah, and I had I went and recruited some uh, cross-country runners. Sure. My son ran cross-country. I said, hey, why don't you ask all your friends if they want to swim? So I had some cross-country runners. I actually had a couple athletes that did indoor track at the same time uh, as swimming. Um, and I had a, a few athletes that are planning on playing soccer in the spring. So it's a great, it's a great sport for those volleyball players. They're done with their fall sport or, and soccer players are preparing for their spring sport. Um, so it's a, it's a great sport in between. If you're not playing, if you're not wrestling and if you're not playing basketball, um, or indoor track, which I think the other winter sports yeah, comes well because it's good. It's good for those other sports. That's that's the nice thing about swimming is you can have some you have great impact on your soccer season because of your training in swimming, um, and you can have great impact for your track season because of the aerobics work that we do during the swim season. Uh, it's it's full body workout. You're not just working your arms. You're not just working your legs. You get a great full body workout for those other seasons, and and vice versa. I love having the cross country runners on the swim team because they've been running. Out and that's that heat, right? <laughs> and even the club soccer players that played fall soccer, um, they've been out there running in the summer and the fall, come in and they, they're ready to swim because they get a little bit of break from that and they've cut some exercise underneath them as well. And and uh, and this is going to be a silly question to ask, and it will be what we'll do to close is how, how much body weight gets removed from water? You know that off the top of your head. Yeah, I don't know that off the top of my head. So the reason why I bring it up is for all you football players that are, have been abused for an entire season, it's nothing better than removing, like, whatever it is, only feeling 10% of your body weight because you're inside of a pool. <laughs> Get out there and swim. Yeah. I guarantee it'll be good rehab anyway. It'll keep you in shape. That's right. And uh, and I do like the idea that you threw it out where it's like, listen, guys did indoor track and swam. Right. Like, I think that's a really cool concept that you could be two sports yeah, cause in we- the same season. We practice late. We our our practices ran from seven to eight thirty at night. Yeah, um, just because of the pool time. I did do a Monday morning practice from six thirty to seven thirty, so a little bit less participation on those practices than sure. in the evenings. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, we we do it late at night, so it's typically not interfering with other sports. Gives people an opportunity to get home, do some homework beforehand, make sure their academics are in good spot. Well, that's awesome. Tom, I really appreciate you being on Raising Awareness for Swimming. What I would love to do, and like I, I, I would love this not to be the only swimming episode that we ever do. Yeah. I think it would be cool to be able to catch up, especially as we get closer to season. Um, and then obviously, you know, like I, I mentioned to you before, is uh, the door is always open as far as being able to uh, come and share if we want to know when, when you guys should be trying to work out. I say guys, right, because it's universal. Uh, when athletes should be should be doing things, um, raise and again just a, a help be. I don't want the only ambassador for the sport to be in Crozet. Right. 
if we got you here and we have enough people that have interest and we have enough students that are at Waynesboro High School, there's no reason that you can't grow uh, grow this team. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see what happens next. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. And it, it, it doesn't necessarily have the best reputation of being a fun sport because you got your head buried in the water uh, and you're not breathing very much. But we try to make it fun. We have a good time. I, I think if you ask some athletes, we had good, we had fun practices. We do things that are a little bit out of the ordinary for most swim practices. Um, so we have a good time, and I, I, I hope we can get more kids out there to play with us. I think you will. If you own a local business in Shenandoah Valley, you want to support Waynesboro High School's Little Giants, the Little Giant Podcast. You can advertise and sponsor right here on Little Giants Radio. Just email advertise at shenvalleysportsnetwork.com. For details and tune in next week for our next check-in on the team uh, for whatever the team is going to be here on Little Giants Radio, and hopefully we'll have Tom Woodworth back. We'll talk some more swimming later. Thanks. I appreciate it, Coach. Go Giants. Little Giants Radio Swimming Edition will be back. You can follow all things Little Giants Radio online on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shen Valley Sports. Be sure to subscribe to Little Giants Radio anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and share with your friends.